Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm Josh Peach, joined today with the Brendan Jones. Brendan, how you doing? Ooh, the Brendan Jones. I like that. I like that. Um, I'm doing okay. School started is busy. I know we're both doing a million things. Um, so it's definitely trying to get back into this podcast groove. But, you know, I can't complain. Senior year has gone uh, well so far. What about you? Yeah, same thing. Super busy. Uh, as I told you, our recruitment just got done for my fraternity and I was our head of recruitment. So that should open it up a little bit. But school is kicking my butt so far and I did not expect to get this bad this fast. So uh, yeah. just adjusting, you know, after the summer, it takes a little bit of time. But, you know, all will be good soon, I think. Most definitely. I uh, spent my Sunday watching football. I'm sure you did, too. And then uh, at night, we tapped off with something. Neither of us were shot. I bet Bears lost to the Rams 34-14. And the first thing I want to ask you about, Brendan, is the quarterback situation in Chicago. Obviously, it's been a debate pretty much since he got drafted whether or not Justin Fields should start. Mm-hmm. Dalton, you know, was given $10 million. And a lot of people say Andy Dalton is owed, quote-unquote, the, uh, the starting job. He got at week one. He was okay, I would say. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts right now? First, I want to say – the fact that, and I, I, I have heard that a lot, that he's, that Matt Nagy promised him to start week one and whatever, da, da, da. That is, that's, that's dog doo-doo. Like, the, this is the National Football League. You put the best player out there. Um, maybe they believe uh, and Dalton was the best, you know, hope for them to win. I didn't think they were going to win no matter who they put out there that's on the 53-man roster. But, um I, I hope that that's not the reason that Andy Dalton is starting. I hope it's because they truly believe that if Justin Fields takes a little bit of time to sit back, watch the defense, watch Andy Dalton do his things. I know they want to they want to get uh, Justin Fields more adjusted, more willing to take, you know, check downs and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, it's it was kind of clear that the offense was Justin Fields at five plays. Um, it was he scored on one of them, a two yard rush, but it was kind of clear that the offense was just more dynamic under him. I know it was a very, very small sample size and they only used him in very, very scripted situations. Um, but it just seemed like a lot more could be done. They, they ran a lot of RPO. He was completing passes. He was rushing. Um, I think they only lost the yardage on one of those plays and that's an end around. And that's a tough defense to run an end around again against. Um, I don't know what the situation should be, you know, further. I, I've been back and forth about who I think should start week one. Um, I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. I, I, I get the, the the rhetoric that, hey, like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and, and all these guys waited, um, and they turned out great. And I, I truly believe that that could be the case for um, for Justin Fields. You also look at Cam Newton. You also look at uh, Russell Wilson. And you also look at, you know, Deshaun, Jack- or Deshaun Watson. Um those are guys that all started really early and had a lot of success in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm not the coach, so I can't decide, but I think if it were me, I would be doing everything I could to get Justin Fields in the rotation more and permanently as fast as possible. Yeah, I'm with you going into the season. I was definitely on the Andy Dalton should start, you know, train because I, you know, if you look at the best quarterbacks in the league, I mean, Rogers took a year off Rogers, 
Jeez, Rogers took almost like four yeah, years off. For sure. Uh, Mahomes basically took a year off. Breeze didn't play with the Chargers before he got to the Saints. Like all of my favorite quarterbacks basically sat out a year. So if you want to sit out a year, that's fine. Now you look at guys like my two favorite quarterbacks in the league right now are Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, who both came in after four or five games and they're playing phenomenal right now. So starting fields week one, I think would have been a bad idea. But like you said, it's a small sample size, but the offense looked a little bit more relaxed and just a little bit more, like you said, dynamic on her field. I think that he is relaxed out there. I think that he knows how to man an offense. I mean, he played the best competition in the country in college playing for the Ohio State and he got to play Bama. He got to play Clemson. He got to play Penn State, Michigan. I mean, Indiana was even really good last year. Exactly. So he's gone against the best of the best at his level. Right. And we've seen him succeed all the time. I mean, geez, he had like, what, a game and a half of bad play in college. So yes, it's only college, but knowing what we know about Dalton, knowing what we know about the Bears offense and the, basically his, him as a teammate right now, if I were the coach, I'd start fields week two against Cincinnati. I don't blame them sitting him for Dalton week one because you're going into LA, you know, you're probably going to lose no matter what. You don't want his confidence to get wrecked, but hey, who had more touchdowns on Sunday? <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> one of them had a touchdown, one of them had an interception, and uh, the interception was really bad. I, I watched that. Back. Very bad. Even if that didn't get tipped. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Even if it didn't get tipped, I, I heard he was going to Mooney in the backfield. It didn't even, or in the back of the end zone. It didn't look like that. It looked like he was going to commit. Where, wherever the ball was, even if it, like you said, even if it didn't get tipped, it was going to get intercepted. Um, and granted, I, I'll say this a thousand times. That's an intensely hard team to start your, your, your season against, especially when you have a new quarterback situation that you're trying to figure out. Um, and I mean, the, the Rams played really, really well for a lot of that game against the off against the bears offense. They didn't want to allow deep plays at all. So Andy Dalton completed a lot of like short passes to the receivers um, shout out to David Montgomery. We can talk about him a little bit if you want to. He had a phenomenal game, you know, despite how bad that offensive line um, is looking right now. He had a really good game. Yeah, 108 yards, 82 of them after contact. Um, so, yeah, I think they to me, if that was their game plan to play Dalton most of the game, have Justin Fields come in and, and offer some um, dynamic ability they played the best game that they could have offensively with the talent and the game plan that they came in with. Um, but what sucks about that is that not, I'm not going to say they could have won, but there are two or three plays in that against the bears defense against the bears secondary. Um, most notably that if things had gone just a little bit different, it, the game could have been a lot closer. And that's the, the, when Eddie Jackson and Gibson, you know, didn't touch, the, the runner who's who's that's tough, especially for two guys who've been in the NFL for a while. Um, and then they got beat a couple of times on uh, on coverage where there's just, you know, no guy. And I mean, you you put any quarterback. I, I love Matt Stafford. And I think he has the ability to make a MVP run even this season um, with the help of that defense. But you put any quarterback back there. Um, they're going to make those completions. They're going to have the game that he had. Um, so it was just it was it was a really tough opener to 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 watch for for Bears fans who. I don't have high expectations for the team, but I know some people um, had at least, you know, pretty good expectations for the team. I do not have high expectations for the team. In fact, I kind of hope they get third or fourth in the, in the division just because next year Rodgers is gone. I'm mm -hmm. not a fan of Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins could have the best quarterback in the conference. Anyways, 
Um, yeah, last thing I'll say about Fields is that if their plan week one was to, like you said, go 90% Dalton, 10% Fields, move that up a little bit each week, right? Mm-hmm. Until maybe Fields surpasses him and eventually you get to 100% Fields, zero Dalton by week seven, eight, nine, whatever the bye week is. So mm-hmm. if that's their plan, whatever. I'm personally not a fan of the interchanging quarterbacks. You know, two on Fitzpatrick did that a lot last year with Miami, and I really think it messed up their team chemistry. But I, you know what? A lot of people are down on Nagy. I personally am not. I'm actually fine with Matt Nagy. I don't think that the Bears are going to do any better right now unless they were to get Eric Bieniemy. but NFL execs are stupid and won't hire him. So (laughs) he might go to ULC. I did um, see that. I did see that. So, I mean, I just, I hope he gets an NFL job. I really do like him, but also that USC job, if he could turn that program into what it used to be, that's one of the best jobs in college sports. So, yeah. so anyways, uh, going off the bears uh, off of fields on more about the team, the two things that concerned me the most were the offensive line kind of expected that to happen. Right. Especially with Tevin Jenkins going out, you know, a few weeks ago in camp, but the number one thing, Eddie Jackson specific, like the secondary, but specifically Eddie yeah. Jackson, where what was he doing on Sunday yeah that's tough because if you look at last year you could tell Eddie Jackson regressed a little bit and you couldn't tell if it was you know I mean the defense regressed in general right and you couldn't tell if that's because they were on the field for the entire game almost with with all the three and outs the offense had couldn't tell if it was just you know just an unlucky year and 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 Eddie Jackson just kind of didn't have the same um opportunities to to make great plays as he did uh, a few years ago in 2018 when he was so good but yeah, it's tough because that secondary is really, really rough. And the two guys, the one guy that you definitely had had faith in uh, was Eddie Jackson. And you could also lean on Jalen Johnson after he had a strong, strong first half of, of last year. So it's tough. If Eddie Jackson plays as bad as he did uh, against the Rams, it's going to be a very, very, very long season for the Bears secondary. And as good as I think the front seven um, are and can be in special moments, you know, if 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 there's there's no the, the thing that was really good about 2018 and and, you know, they had a great defensive line, but a lot of those sacks came because of good coverage as well. I mean, that's that's a part of the, the game plan on defenses, you know, give your rushers enough time to get to the quarterback. If these guys are open like they were open against the Rams, there's no way. And, and you know, you bring up the sack numbers. I mean, Stafford was only sacked one time. Yeah, it's because everybody's open downfield and Stafford didn't have to think. He didn't have to improvise. He didn't have to run around the pocket. It, it was easy. It was, it was so easy for that for that Rams um, offense, especially throughout the second half. So this, the coverage needs to step up. I know they don't have the talent across the field, but when you have guys like Eddie Jackson, when you have guys who like Jalen Johnson, who had a promising, promising first half of that of his rookie year, you just got to you got to step up because it, if not, it's going to be. Like, like we said, it's going to be a very long season and we might end up, you know, top 10 pick easily. Yeah, we're going to talk about Illinois football in a little bit, but it's like you watch Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Like the Bears on Sundays mm-hmm. and you're like, geez, do like do good secondaries exist? Not in Illinois. No, not not in the state of Illinois. <laughs> Maybe over at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. That's about it. And you know what? The other thing, Brendan, is like you, you like I really I'm with you. I like the front seven. I think they have a lot of potential. But you don't have those DBs, and the problem is that there are not many bad quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I don't know. Like, there are so, – And not even – Quarterback in the NFL right now, maybe that backup in Washington, like – Yeah. I mean, and not even that they're not bad. It's just – it just seems like they're all, like, 
not all of them are dual threat. Like you think of dual threat, you think of Lamar, you think of Josh Allen, right? You think of Russell Westbrook. Not all of them are dual threat in the sense that they can, you know, hurt you down the field with their legs. But almost all of them have just great pocket awareness, great pocket presence. I mean, you look at Tom Brady, who's a statue, but he gets the ball out faster than any quarterback, you know, and it just seems like all these quarterbacks are so smart at maximizing their own body to to not take sacks and to and to do that. And that's I mean, that's so hard, especially, you know, as a defensive lineman. And, and you know, uh, we can talk about Khalil Mack. We can talk about the fact that he isn't having the same season. Right. That 2018 season, not that it was an anomaly. I think Khalil Mack is one of the best defensive players in the league. But, you know, he came into the division a week before the season started. Nobody was really game planning for him. Um, you know, he was off that contract year. He he wanted to prove something. Um, and, and the rest of the defense was hard. Now everybody double teams and triple teams him sometimes like you, you're not going to get that production. And, and you know, you, you look at the other side of the line and you kind of have to expect more production from other people. But it's hard. It's 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 hard when you don't have a complete defense to show, you know, great defensive performances from singular players. For sure. And like Eddie Goldman was out this week and he'll yeah. come back. That'll definitely make it better. But, you know, going back to the secondary, it's just so tough. I have the Bears schedule pulled up here. Week one, they played Stafford. Then you go Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Jimmy G slash Trey Lance, Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff again, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers again, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, and then Kirk Cousins again. There is not in, like, all of them have some experience besides depending on who the Bears play against the 49ers, but even there, He's the third. He's the third pick in the draft, and his whole team is really high on him. Like I just, like you, like we've said, it's going to be a long year if you can't get that secondary together because these guys are pocket passers. That's who the oh, Bears are sure. playing, and that's what just destroys you when you don't have a good secondary because you can get to the QB in a second and a half. But the but if uh, if a receiver has a half a step already on a corner, you're screwed. So, it, yeah, it's crazy. Like you said, the two worst quarterbacks that they're going to play this year. Um, Joe Burrow and, and Trey Lance, possibly if he if he's starting by then. Um, and Trey Lance was the number three pick and Joe Burrow had a really good game against, you know, the Vikings who, you know, and and I'd like to say sit here, tell you today that we're better than the Vikings. I don't know if we are. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't bet my life the fact that we like maybe before the season, but after that first game, I wouldn't say that we're 100 percent better than the Vikings. And if if the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, you know, connection, you know, happens and if Joe Mixon is still, you know, playing like he did it's going to be a hard game next week. There's, there's not a game in here that on the schedule, except against the lions and um, maybe the giants that I would just be a hundred percent comfortable with, especially, you know, before the season, I was, I thought the Raiders were going to regress, you know, they've been a middle of the pack team in their division for a few years now. And I thought they were going to regress. Their defensive line is insane. They played insane against Lamar Jackson. They, they were everywhere. They were hitting them every day. Max Crosby, how you how you that big and that fast? Like he was keeping up with Lamar Jackson, trying to scramble in the pocket. It was, you know, and it's 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 gonna be a tough season for the Bears. And like a lot of things can go wrong, especially, you know, we saw the injuries to the offensive to the already injured offensive line that we saw in the first game. If if that continues to happen, I mean, this team, man, it, it's hard, but they could find themselves close, close to the bottom of the league with four or five wins, maybe if the if stuff just doesn't go their way. And that's a very realistic thing because I feel like when you look at the the eight and eight finish um, for two years in a row, and it just seemed like, especially last year, like when they fought their way to the playoffs, a lot of things went their way in the last 
five games of that season, right? The offensive line started playing really well. Um, DeMont was was really, really good. Uh, Mitch Trubisky came back in and, and was playing fine. Their defense was a little bit better. A lot of things went right in the last two years for them to make the playoffs. This might not be that year. And they could, instead of being now with the 17-game schedule, instead of being eight and nine or even seven and 10, they could end up, you know, four and 13. It could be, it could be one of those years for the Bears. And that's what concerns me, but also, you know, we want to plan for the future because we have Justin Fields, but also there's guys on the defense who you want to be around too, you know, who might not be around, right? Akeem Hicks on the last year, his contract, he's getting older. Allen Robinson's on a franchise tag. There's no guarantee he's going to be here next year. So I think you want to show that you can compete, but at the same time, you know, it's how much are we going to plan for the future and drafting up nine spots to get a quarterback. I mean, you kind of shown where you kind of want to go with this franchise. Yeah, I think that having a decent front seven against teams like the Vikings and Lions is going to maybe the Browns too, because, you know, Goff and Cousins get bad when they are under pressure and Baker's got a lot of that in him with his inaccuracy. But other than that, I mean, if I had to make a prediction right now, I'm with you. I'm 413, 5 and 12, which again, might be okay. I'm not not mad about it. I'm not mad about it, but as a fan, as a fan, then let's think about it. If we transition the offense real quick, you have another year for a couple of your O-line people to either get healthier, develop. We we both love David Montgomery. I am extremely mm-hmm. high on him. You find a way to re-sign Allen Robinson. I like Mooney. I'm a big Cole Komet guy too. Yeah. And then if you have Justin Fields under center, offense isn't the issue. I know, but the Bears thing is they can never have a good offense and a good defense at the same yeah. time. So even if this offense sticks around for a couple more years and Justin Fields – you know, his third or fourth year hits his hits his prime and his stride, even if the offense is great. Yeah, what, what about the defense? You know, so it's it's tough. You know, it's, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of all those Falcons teams that had great yeah. offenses, but the defense just can't get it together. It's like you're a big 12 team going against the SEC <laughs> in college football. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It, are the Bears going to be a big 12 defense team soon? That like, would, that, I mean, that's kind of what it felt like some of those Jay Cutler years where they put up, you know, easily 30 points a game, but lose by, you know, like let up 30 points a game. So I don't know. We'll see. I hope, you know, because Chicago's calling card throughout its history has always been defense. I hope that the defense stays strong, but at the same time, like this is a league where, and I have this argument with myself all the time. I love the 2018 defense and I love everything that they were, but if you don't have a good offense in this NFL right now, you, you really can't compete. You can't compete. You see it with the Rams. I mean, they made the Super Bowl. Yes, that offense, you know, was good behind Sean McVay. But there's a reason they went and got Matt Stafford. It's because they know their defense is great, but their quarterback play was lacking. If you don't have good quarterback play, if you don't have good offense, your defense can be phenomenal, can be game changing. But it's hard, hard to win in the NFL with no good offense. I think the Bucks and the Rams are going to have a good run for the. Uh, yeah, no, I the Rams were my sleeper team before the. I just. I think nationally people, we as Bears fans see Matt Stafford twice a year and just see how much, you know, he's literally, I say this all the time, after Calvin Johnson retired, he's the only reason the Lions have gotten wins, period, you know, in those few years. But I, people forget nationally how good he is because they don't often see him like we do in it, like we did in the NFC North. As soon as they got him, I was like, that defense and him behind, you know, they're going to, they're going to make some, some plays and they're going to be really good. Um, in that NFC West. So we'll see. I think uh, for me right now, I, I agree with you. It's the Rams and the, and the Bucks and the NFC. 
I totally agree about Stafford. I mean, they gave up golf and what three first round picks and some people are shaking their heads and I'm like, yeah, good for you. Yeah. You don't like, know. You don't know about that. You, know, you don't know what just hit you. I mean, the NFC West, which is easily the best division. Yeah, for sure. Close, they're probably going to win it. Like imagine the Cardinals getting last in that division with that defense and that offense. Like it's insane. I, I think some people are a little too high in San Francisco. Um, my Justin Fields prediction is that he's either going to start at home against the Lions October 3rd or at home against the Packers on October 17th. I think they're going to start him for the first time at home. Yeah, I think road. my thing, I think I, right now, seeing how they played him in that first game, I, I think October 3rd against the Lions. I don't see them. I kind of want, I kind of think they're going to let Andy Dalton just try to have his little revenge game or whatever he wants to call it. Um, and I don't. If, if the justification for not starting him against the Rams was because of their defense, I don't want them to start him against the Browns in Cleveland because of their defense and their offense. Um, so I think the Lions home October 3rd, I think it'd be a great time for him to transition in there. And then, you know, just let him have the keys. I mean, I, I, I understand the Andy Dalton situation is tough. I mean, when they got when they picked him up, they didn't know that they were going to be able to get Justin Fields. They didn't know that he was going to slip. They didn't know that they were going to have, the, you know, the ability to jump up and grab him. Um, when they traded with the Giants, which the Giants, I don't know why you didn't stick around for a quarterback. I don't know why they believe Daniel Jones is the truth. But, um, yeah, it, it's tough. But that's probably what I see him coming in October 3rd. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, we're going to transition here to the other disappointing team <laughs> or in the Ooh. Illinois Fighting Illini uh, coming off a very tough and ugly loss to Virginia. I think it was 42-14. to 14. Close through two and a quarter quarters, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, got really ugly after that. That defense is worse than the Bears, and that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but this week they have another tough task in Maryland. You're going against Tua Tugavailoa's brother. Do you know how to say his name, Brandon? I think it's Tulia. I think it's Tulia. Tulia Tugavailoa, who is averaging three yards and three touchdowns a game. They have a good running back. They have two receivers that are very, very, very good. They each have two touchdowns through two games. Um, People weren't too high on Maryland coming into the year. I know that their defense isn't great, but I'm worried again. Yeah, I mean – I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I don't have the confidence in Illinois, and I, I I'm not gonna say they're gonna end up being a one win team, but I'm not confident about them winning any other game. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's crazy to think because after the Nebraska game, I was like, oh, like I thought this was a three win team. Maybe they could be a four or five win team. And then the UTSA game happened, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, pump the brakes. And then the Virginia game happened. I don't know what what it is about Illinois defense, but you know, aside from Martinez, because I just don't believe in Martinez, but they're making quarterbacks look like Heisman guys whenever they step on the field when they should, you know, have no business doing. I mean, Brennan Armstrong, 405 yards, five touchdowns. He had one interception that wasn't even his fault. It was a perfect ball, basically, and the DB just came up and, and snatched it out of the receiver's hands. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this Maryland team scares me. They played Howard, um, which kind of is like a throwaway game. I, I didn't even watch that 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 film, but they played uh, West Virginia in that first game in a, in a pretty close and competitive game. And one thing I saw was something that's the Illinois kryptonite. They they go for big plays. They get big plays. You know, they're very confident in their passing attack. Like you said, I mean, Tugavailoa is is averaging um, 300 yards a game. I mean, they have two receivers that are averaging what 100 yards a game or something like that, and have multiple touchdowns. It's 
big plays kill Illinois and they have for a lot, for a lot, for a long time. And they're, they're still doing that, you know, with the talent group that Illinois has, it, it, it kills Illinois. And the thing that I believe is, is Maryland's kryptonite is, is that they allow big plays. We've seen a couple big plays from Illinois. I mean, those connections to Deuce Band, seen a couple of Daniel Barker, you know, big chunk plays, but we talk about like big playability, you know, like 50 plus. I don't think Illinois has that. We'll see with Brandon Peters coming back and, I think he might have a better connection with Daniel Barker, but other than that, I, I than than Art Tukowski does. But other than that, like I don't I don't see how Illinois can compete with the firepower that Maryland has. Um, yeah, I, I think Illinois' defense just puts them too much in a hole that their offense can't dig out. Yeah, I agree. I said it on the radio yesterday. Um, Devon Witherspoon, okay, but the fact that and I, and I love this guy. I've interviewed him multiple times. I think he's yeah. very well spoken. He works really hard. But the fact that Tony Adams is a starting DB on a Power Five football team is not good because he works really hard and he's a very nice guy. But ha- if any anyone that's watched his film this year, he just gets dominated every single play. I mean, he gets juked out. He misreads routes. Like all those big plays, at least half of them are coming on him. And it's just very discouraging because you have Dante Demas and Rakeem Jarrett on Maryland that they're going to try to cover. And if Devon Witherspoon can hold his own against one of them, the other's got to go against Tony Adams or someone else. And (laughs) it really, really worries me because I, I think our D line has been okay. I don't expect them to put much pressure on uh, tug of Iloa because they have a competent offensive line. They're not the best offensive line. They're not Illinois offensive line, but they're a good offensive line. I, so that being said, I expect them to have an offensive performance similar to Virginia, but I do think Illinois will be able to put up points. I think that Brandon Peters coming back is good. Unpopular opinion. I like Brandon Peters. I think that Chase Brown back in game two is going to be great. I think Isaiah might have a big game. They better get Luke Ford back in the offense. And if they do, we could see 30 points put up again, like we did against UTSA. Yeah. I think but, you know, on the opposite side of the field, it could end up being 48 to 30. So for sure. I think that you bring up, you know, really good points. I, I do. I mean, me personally, Brandon Peters has been, you know, in and out of the quarterback rotation for, you know, the last two years. Besides experience and like just knowledge of, of his receivers. Cause I mean, it's a new playbook knowledge of his receivers. I don't see how much better he is than Art Sikowski. Um, But I mean, you know, I, having him back, having a guy that is now in the sixth year, I mean, he has, he has a little bit of an advantage over Arsikowski, um, you know, but I think something that they went away from that they did a little bit in UTSA uh, and they, they, they worked, especially against Nebraska. You have three receivers that are like, you should be your bread and butter. It's Isaiah Williams. It's Daniel Barker and it's Luke Ford. And Luke Ford has had two catches in the last two weeks. Daniel Barker would, did not, um, you know, have a, a lot of production last week against Virginia. You have to use your weapon. I mean, that that's really – and that's what we talked about going into the season. I mean, you have guys, you have Luke Ford. Like, he came here for a reason. Like, he should be, you know, your feature tight end. And Daniel Barker, who has been really, really good these last two and a half years for Illinois. And Isaiah Williams, he's probably the most dynamic playmaker you have at, at Illinois, in Illinois' offense. And it's kind of frustrating when you don't see that. And luckily we have Chase Brown back. It's been – a bunch of running back by commit, not even committee. Like it's like five guys every game that get like five carries. 
for me, I, I really do like featuring a single back. Hopefully having Chase Brown like back and fully healthy, that can be him. You saw a little bit of it flash when he scored that touchdown against Virginia. But, I mean, I think he is also one of the guys that's the best offensive player. You know, like he should be getting more production than he has these over the first three weeks. Granted, he was out week two, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I agree with you. I think they can put up points against Maryland. They're They're kind of a team, like I said, that can, you know, let up plays at times. But I, I, and I hate saying this because, you know, these are guys that are around my age and like they're, I'm sure they're great people. I don't know many of them personally, but I'm sure they're great people. But Illinois is just not talented on the defensive end. They're just not. And you can see that. And, you know, I, that's Lovey's fault. That's, you know, for, for the recruiting hole that he put this, this franchise, or this, not this franchise, this program in. You know, but they're just not talented on the defensive end. And they have their moments. All of them, I think, could play D1 a lot of places. But like you said, when you have these guys who maybe are rotational players at different programs start for you, um, and over the summer they have to learn a new defense and they have to do everything else, it's going to show. And it's going to show, especially when you play these teams, like, you know, you have a tough non-conference schedule. When you play UTSA, who went to a bowl game against uh, Louisiana last year, and you have Virginia, who's a very good team, especially in the passing. and um, you got lucky against Nebraska because, you know, they can be a good team too. Sometimes when Martinez puts the ball in, in places where he needs to, he didn't do that week zero. Uh, and that's why they lost. You're going to see Maryland, who's a good passing team. Everybody's exposing you and that's tough, but I just think that's kind of what you have to ride through because I just don't see the talent there right now. Yeah, I agree. The on defense, you're right. It's just not there. Putting that aside on the offense, you mentioned Isaiah Williams and Luke Ford. This, this is what I think. I, I might go on a little bit of a like a tangent here, like step back a little bit. Give it to me. So I think that the best player on the team is Blake Hayes. And then I think after that, I would go Isaiah Williams, the three main offensive linemen. And then I'd go Luke Ford, Chase Brown, and Daniel Barker. Okay. Are you doing defense or just offense? Just offense, okay, but it doesn't change much. Uh, but yes, so from a pure offensive perspective, that's what I think, and I think that playing through your star is a very good thing to do. There was an Illinois basketball game this year where they lost to Missouri, and Io had like thirty-five points, and Brad Underwood was asked in the press conference, "Do you like Brad or Io scoring that much?" And he said, "No." He said he doesn't like when his star scores all the points because it should be more balanced. But I remember my dad made the point that why though? Because if your best player is on something, he can shoot 65% that game. You play through him, right? Look what happened Monday night football, the Raiders and the Ravens. How many targets did Darren Waller get? Like or something like that. You play through your star and you win the games. That's what Illinois has to start doing. I'm very questionable about Tony Peterson right now. I, I'm still very high on Brett when he gets his own guys, and I think they'll be better. I think Ryan Walters has a lot of potential. He just has no talent to work with. But I feel like Tony Peterson has to do a much better job of getting Isaiah Williams and Daniel Barker, but specifically Luke Ford back into the offense. Because look at week one. Isaiah led him in receiving yards. And he had a touchdown. Luke Ford had three receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. And then week two, Daniel Barker had some big plays when he wasn't busy blocking. I mean, mm -hmm. you just have to play through your stars, especially when you lack so much talent like Illinois does, because Tony Peterson does not run a spread offense, which you kind of need right now. So if you don't play through your stars, and in that case, yes, Illinois could put up 30, maybe even 40 points against a team like Maryland. But if you're not going to use your studs, you're screwed. For sure. I 
I really like you bringing up Brad Underwood because, um, and, and Tony Peterson, because one thing that I think really showed Brad's just ability to be a great coach is when he got Kofi Coburn. And from, from Aldisumu's freshman year to his sophomore year, the offense and defense of Illinois changed and it gravitated because Kofi Coburn was just the most dominant force um, in the Big Ten and grew into the nation um, through his second year. But he changed everything. And like you said, Peterson needs to change. I mean, it's just, you know, like, and in, in I I understand these aren't your your players, you know, these aren't the guys that you recruited in three, four years. Like, you'll be able to say that, you know, it is, and maybe you'll be able to run the offense you've been accustomed to running, but you got to run what you with what you got. And, and unlike the NFL, unlike professional sports, there's no consolation prize in, in, in sucking. There's no draft picks, you know? So, like, there's no glory in going one in – 11 this season right so you have to you have to play to win and you have to do that by like you said putting you know your the ball in the player of your best hands Luke Ford was an SEC player like he's he's good Isaiah Williams could have been in the SEC playing receiver you know like he's good like Bama it, won, I'd say Williams Next I know like Bama, like he could have a national championship right now if he if he wanted to and granted he took two years to play quarterback and that's where he thought his path was he decided to change his mind, and I think I think he could still go to the NFL with the correct level of production. But like these these are guys that like played on ranked team or like have the ability to play on ranked teams and compete, not just play but compete on ranked teams for for roster spots and for for like actual you know great production. Use them. There's no reason why they shouldn't be used. And like I understand, like it, well, think about like the UTSA game at the end of the game when they were driving down trying to score that touchdown. The best player, like, you know, Art Sikowski made the throws, but Isaiah Williams was was making huge catches during that drive and keeping that drive alive. And I understand there was the the offensive pass interference. And, and you know, even 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 on that last play, you know, uh, Art Sikowski was only a couple yards away from, you know, but there's things in that game that could, that, that you know, forced it not to go into overtime. But your players that made the plays through those games were Daniel Barker and Isaiah Williams. Play through them. There's no reason why they shouldn't be, the you know the feature and I understand teams are going to game plan for him you got to be creative I mean we see it all the time with with getting creative with these offensive calls throughout all levels of football there's no reason why the ball should not go to Luke Ford Isaiah Williams Daniel Daniel Barker at least 60 70 percent of the time like I understand we have other receivers but those are your best guys yeah I totally agree to go back to Brad Underwood for a second I think that he's an A coach not an A plus because his in-game adjustments aren't the best, but his out-of-game adjustments or season-to-season adjustments are phenomenal. So Brett Bielema, Tony Peterson, let's take a piece out of Brad's book. Let's yeah. make the out-of-game adjustments, switch up your game plan, finally start scoring as many points as you need to. Um, so we're going to wrap this thing up, but first let's do some score predictions for the Mariners. Mm. What do you, uh, you want to go first, Brendan? Yeah. So Tugavailoa is averaging three touchdowns per game. Um, those are a hard three touchdowns against UVA or not UVA, sorry, uh, West Virginia, um, against Howard. I didn't watch the game, so I couldn't tell you. I think he gets four touchdowns against Illinois defense. I think he exceeds his season, um, his season average, I guess now, and probably, probably gets like 300 to 350. I, there's just nothing that this team has shown me, even in the Nebraska game where the defense, like you could say they played well, but I mean, Martinez just missed a lot of open throws. Like he should have had a lot more, um, you know, you know, reset or he should have had a lot more pass completions and yards in that game. So it's tough. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like maybe like 
Maryland 35 or no, let me, I'll say Maryland 38, Illinois 24. Okay. I like that. Um, yeah, he's going to throw the ball. I think he's going to get five touchdowns and closer to 400 yards because he's not as much a dual threat as I thought. He hasn't really run the ball. So he has like 16 rushing yards this year, something like that. Um, I think that the two receivers, man, I think we're going to hear their name a ton. I think our secondary is going to get blown up again. I'm going to go Maryland 48, Illinois 30. 48? Yeah. At Memorial at the crib? Ah, that's tough. I mean, I can see it, though. I can see it. This game is almost giving me Nebraska 2019 vibes. It's going to be a student section under the lights because of free tickets. It's Friday night. The energy is going to be there. There are going to be people tailgating. That's going to be great. Illinois could go up 7-0 if they get the ball first. You can get the <laughs> ball first. And maybe for a second we could think, wow, maybe this will be different. But then I just think that. I don't think Illinois defense is going to stop Maryland more than once. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be ugly. Three weeks, and I could I can't tell you I've seen anything that makes me say you're wrong. I just hope that they do. I hope that they can limit them to 38, which was my prediction. But, I mean, look, for, if 48 happens, like, I'm going to be sitting there watching the game. I'm not going to the game. I don't think I'm going to the game. My family's coming to tailgate. We'll probably go to, like, a downtown Champagne bar, just watch the game. I don't – you know, I'm going to be sitting there in the fourth quarter, and it's going to be 30 points on the board. And I'm going to be like, man, like, this is just who we are this year. And it's frustrating and it's tough, but – I mean, that's part of the – I just think that's part of the, you know, first-year head coach type stuff and whatever. But it's 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 been tough, especially when we had low expectations for this team, them not reaching those low expectations that we have for them. It's – you know, it's tough. But, I mean, I mean, what is, what is Illinois football if it's not tough? It really is. My 2-10 and 10 prediction from before the year looks pretty darn good. Yeah, for sure, actually. I did predict them to go 2-10. and 10. Many people have heard that on the radio, the podcast, everything. So – uh it's frustrating, but hey, I still I really do believe that Brett's gonna turn this thing around, whether it takes three, four, five years, as long as he stays, which he's going to. Yeah. Um, I think once he gets his own guys, it should get better. For sure. All right, that's gonna wrap it up, Brendan. Thanks for do- thanks for being on. I really appreciate sure, it. Yeah. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. This has been the Daily Illini Sports Podcast.